Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I read a, a screenplay by Charlie Kaufman. It was Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I just was like, these are the, this is what I should be doing. This is who I am. And that's what happened. I decided to write Mr. Taffel's Pants of Insanity, which was called Stan Taffel's Leather Pants. I met this really smart, connected director that was like up and coming, and this other producer that was also really kind of the same. And they wanted to make this movie. Welcome to the True Fiction Project, a podcast series that explores the origins of fiction. Every week, we begin with an interview, nonfiction, followed by a creative piece, fiction, inspired by something from the interview. The idea is to demonstrate, of course, that fiction is born out of our life experiences. Now, here's your host, storyteller, author, public speaker, health and wellness expert, Renita Hora. Welcome to the True Fiction Project. I am your host, Renita Hora. And today we have a very special guest. He is a Hollywood guy in the most non-Hollywood of ways, or at least that's what he says. Daniel Finkel is a screenwriter, a writer, a musical performance artist, among other things. I'm going to let him explain what any of that means. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the True Fiction Project. Man, see what happens when I open my mouth? <laughs> you just spit it. That was so good. I really liked how you did that. Great to be here. I'm like, it's very surreal. I, this, is, this is really cool. Well, it is great to have you on the show. And I am so curious as to, having said it, what any of it means. So why don't you jump right in and tell us about yourself? Well, look, yeah, I just, I definitely have had an L.A. adventure in a way that doesn't define the cliche Hollywood story, I think. Um, Is there one? You know, <laughs> you know uh, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not a Beverly Hills club. I don't hobnob very well with the rich and famous, but I, mm. I kind of have found, somehow I found the other side of Hollywood, kind of the counterculture world. And I, I stepped in it in a really magical way. And uh, I became part of this like world in the early 2000s where it was just, they basically, it was the Burning Man kind of world before Burning Man was such a corporate kind of thing. Yeah, so I joined this band. We became kind of a thing called the Serotonins. It was a underground weirdo band and uh it was it was wild, and that connection of artists and magic, there's just so much in that world. So I just really um, fell at home there. I yeah, kind of found so myself. the Hollywood counterculture, which in so many ways is so much more interesting than hobnobbing, you know, with Beverly Hills types. No offense to anyone in Beverly Hills. Great I'll hills. take a Beverly Hills, like... <laughs> Meet, meeting with anybody, though, just to let you guys know. I mean, you know, if you want to buy me drinks in Beverly Hills, I'll still do that. 
There you go. But even as I look at the front page of your website, Daniel, it is pink and blue, and it's got the cover for Mr. Taffold's Pants of Insanity, which is all sorts of colors and very sort of tie-dye-ish and Burning Man-ish and hippie-ish and 60s-ish, and it's all thrown in. So what is it? How did it come about? It's a beautiful cover, first of all. It's gorgeous. (laughs) I love, I hired someone from Wales. This is the world we live in from my computer. I found this woman in Wales that just made these beautiful... I want those jeans right on the cover. I I, I want those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's a long history, this project. I've been a screenwriter most of the time not working. I've worked for many years as well. But one of the earliest scripts I, I wrote when I was I was doing pretty well. I had optioned some screenplays to MGM and things like that. So it was the time of like the teen sex comedy was kind of happening. And mm. if you were funny, you didn't really need to be that good. You kind of like could get in. And that's kind of what happened to me. But I didn't really Ooh. know what I was doing, you know. I, and I was kind of like, okay, with selling out. I was like, I don't know. I'll just try to make movies that make money. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I didn't. This wasn't like a training I had, you know, I just started doing it. But I decided to write, I, I read a, a screenplay by Charlie Kaufman. It was just like, I, it was before, it was Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Now the movie was, I liked the movie, it wasn't as good as the screenplay, but I just was like, these are the, this is what I should be doing. You know what I mean? This is who I am. And that's what happened. I decided to write Mr. Taffel's Pants of Insanity, which was called Stan Taffel's Leather Pants. It was just a little weirdo script I wrote. It was kind of more R-rated comedy a version of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I met this really smart, connected director that was like up and coming. And this other producer that was also really kind of the same. And they wanted to make this movie. And hmm. so it was wild. We, we almost got it made. It had a bunch of people connected to it at some time. Even Quentin Tarantino himself, I think, read it. It was, it was a... Incredible thing, but it never happened, like many things, you know? Yeah, which is sort of, you know, the true Hollywood story in so many ways. It's like things almost come to fruition and then and then they don't. So what happened here? I mean, it's, there was a great quote. There is a great quote on your website. One of the first people to read the book was your friend Tommy, who said, this book should come with an airbag and a safety word. It's actually amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that it just makes me sort of stand up and question sort of what, why, why hasn't this been made? Well, a it's movie? a lot different now. I mean, the book version. Well, there's one more little slice of the story. So like another the, the, that producer kind of knew a big guy at a, st- a major film producer at the Disney mm-hmm. lot. And I had this idea. I'm going to turn it into Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And they're like, just hey. because, and I'm going to just, I, I saw this vision of how to do it. It was kind of because of that Nicolas Cage. They did the Sorcerer's Apprentice with like live people. But uh-huh. it was a, it was kind of a terrible idea. I got to be honest with you, because the, the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride story is completely different. But I named him Mr. Toad and I just leaned, I just got rid of all the R-rated comedy and really leaned into the psychedelic part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I had that screenplay. So when I decided to write, and that never happened in another Hollywood way, which is a whole long story that I probably shouldn't tell because we don't have enough time. But it's it's one of those Hollywood stories where, you know, I'm up in a hill pitching a producer and then he uh, all of a sudden doesn't talk to me and they make an announcement that they're making this movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Like it's one yeah. of those with a lot of other twists and turns. But needless to say, I had the screenplay and I never did anything with it. You know, it was like this psychedelic Alice in Wonderlandy, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fun kind of vibe to it now. So mm -hmm. when I decided to write my debut novel, I was like, I didn't even read it. I'm like, I have to just, who, it seems like everybody wants to read another Alice in Wonderland type book. That's, that's mm -hmm. how I mm -hmm. saw it. Yeah. So you've been working on other scripts and other screenplays that yeah. have gotten made, right? Um, so, the only one that's gotten made is the one, it was a film called Everything Will Happen Before You Die, which I wrote with my friend and uh, sometimes writing partner, Brian McGuire. Mm -hmm. And it was a magical little independent movie that we made with uh, John Hawks, who won an Academy or was nominated for Academy Award, was in it. Mark Boone Jr., Nick Stahl, these are really acclaimed actors, all had parts in it. And it was really cool. It was just, you know, all the cliche things when you're making an independent movie happened. It was like, it was kind of ridiculous at some point. But to be honest with you, at the time I was left with it, I don't think I was equipped enough to like figure out how to manipulate the, you know, get past where we were. We, we needed money. And I, I, so it never really got went it. anywhere. Got it. And with this particular story, what inspired it? I mean, I know you've mentioned bits and pieces, but sort of Absolutely. where is the true life inspiration that becomes eventually Mr. Taffel's Pants of Insanity? This is the story. This is the craziest. So when I first got to L.A., and this was like, this had to be the late 90s, maybe mm -hmm. early 2000s. I have trouble. I don't, I just have trouble remembering dates, but. Somewhere there, somewhere there. I was very young and very new to L.A., and I was not a cool dude, you know? I was just like, didn't know where to go. I was like going to UCLA bars. I didn't, I just didn't know anyone. You know, my only friend I knew was like, he was a college friend of mine and I was not in that vibe anymore. So I was interning at a place called uh, Live Entertainment, which was a film studio that eventually got Blair Witch made. But I was an intern there and uh, this guy in the company got his hair white. And I was like, I thought that was so cool. I'm like, I'm going to dye my hair white, which was ridiculous so okay i just remember being on melrose when it was you know in one of the coolest spots at the time you know and i was mm -hmm. just like seeing a girl there and she was looking at she wasn't looking at me at all this girl <laughs> that was like tattoos and at that time nose rings and stuff that was a lot more alternative than it is now so mm -hmm. i was like mm -hmm. okay i went up and got this painful white hairdo and I came down and she immediately was looking at me and it was just like, mm -hmm. I was just amazed the difference of just changing one thing of your appearance can do to manipulate people to treat you different and how it like affects everything. <laughs> and I didn't use the white hair. I, I thought it was cooler to kind of like, what if someone just started wearing leather pants? How would they look at them different? Like how would that change their world? And then it just snowballed into chaos, honestly. Then it's just like, you know, the trippiness came out. It was more like the first screenplay was more like, uh, I don't know if you know, Martin Scorsese's After Hours. It was yeah. like a guy going into these weird little worlds of downtown, but it was a little dirtier, <laughs> to be honest. In the leather pants. Yeah, in the leather pants. So, you know, it was, it had sort of an After Hours meets something about Mary type vibe. Uh -huh. Interesting. So what kind of chaos? Give us some examples. Of, of the chaos, the, the pants. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, we, the, for the original or, well, what they do, these pants are like, they're more like a magnet. So they pull mm -hmm. you into these, this world. That's what a happens. A chick now. magnet or just a N magnet? Or? They're, a, they're a cursed 
pair of leather pants and there's a whole origin story of why this is that is multi lots of detail (laughs) lots of ridiculous detail into why these are cursed so they act as a magnet so when this you know they pull you into the weirdest part and there's this world in this city which is we don't ever say the name it's downtown and Mm -hmm. um under the walls and under the streets is a total secret world that was built by this radical experiment artist using unlimited funds and alien technology. <laughs> so okay. it's this wild Salvador Dali, surreal, magical world that exists. And um, he gets pulled in by these pants into this yeah. world. So Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. can picture definitely. it. The original one. Le- I'm leaning into all of that. I'm no okay. shame. So... This is outstanding. And I know that when I met you, you got this book, got the top prize for humor. So aside from all the craziness and the psychedelic stuff, it is hilarious, which is just one reason I am so upset to have missed the launch. But you have further plans. In fact, one of the things that you mention again on your social media and your website is that you are the pioneer of the book rap tour. What is that? <laughs> you know that uh, it's like that feel of dreams. If you build it, they will come. You know, that's kind of what I've done. <laughs> so that's how I got the last bookstore, though, because I had this show. When I was writing the book, I spent six months in Portland at a friend's house just to, so I could concentrate on the book during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I took a little L.A. break and he's a musician. So I just and, you know, I've been in bands and doing comedy, satirical, psychedelic music for a long time. So we decided to write an EP about the book. His name mm-hmm. Jerry Curl. And then another mm-hmm. one of my friends, Marcus Junkin, made, produced it and put music on top of it. And it became this really cool, if you want to listen, it's on Spotify. It's, uh, mm-hmm. So it's a little show I do now. But at the last bookstore, we did a live reading with actors, uh, these clown actors pantomiming scenes. And it was real cool and experimental. We had sound effects and all kinds of stuff. It was really wild. It was just kind of surreal how it's all just kind of naturally grown and progressed. So yes, we are. The audiobook is out now. It's, I, I can't stress how proud I am of it. Tommy Toretta, the performer is just hilarious. He does like mm-hmm. 30 different voices. It's like listening to a psychedelic cartoon in your head. And we're going to have this amazing audiobook trailer that I'm dropping. Okay. And, and that's specifically for Mr. Taffel's Pants? The audio yeah, trailer? Pants of Insanity. It's, all, it's okay. all tied in. It's a whole thing. Super. <laughs> well, we will be sure to add that link to the show notes because why not give people a flavor? Why not give our listeners a flavor of what it's all about? But what are the plans from here on? I mean, the book is obviously doing well. You've gone from zero to bestseller, and that's because... Only because I should say you hadn't written a book before, so therefore you were not a bestseller, best-selling <laughs> author, but now you are. What are the plans for the story from here on? What we're planning to do with the, well, the book, I look at like a band almost at this point, you know? Okay. We're gonna well, what does that mean? To try to, yeah, we're going to continue to try to get gigs. <laughs> the mm-hmm. biggest, I, mm-hmm. you know, after doing the last bookstore, you know, now my book's for sale there. It's one of the best bookstores in the country. So I want to get other bookstores across the country. I don't know if I can go like mm-hmm. to the East Coast mm-hmm. yet, but like maybe in the 
vicinity of Los Angeles and start doing the show, keep promoting it. Like I said, we did this audio book trailer, which I'm gonna promote really hard. And I'm hoping like eventually it, we full, go full circle and it becomes a movie. It would be a great animated movie, I think now. And this trailer really kind of, I think, will give people that idea as well. So this is with the original movie script that you've already written? I would have to oh, rewrite the rewrite the sc the screenplay now because I think the book is so much better. Like Got there's it. so much fun and it and it's different now. So, but it wouldn't. That's I just yeah. that's my dream. We can dream. Dreams come true. Dreams absolutely do come true. So, do you have any gigs coming up that you would like to share with our audiences? You know, I don't. It's just been so much work. Um, getting okay. this audio book out. So once I did the last bookstore, it was kind of like, okay, we're just going to, I'm going to figure this out in the beginning of the year. Um, I've also written a new screenplay. So that's, that takes, you know, a ton yep. of time. Yep. So there's just story. so many hours in the day. <laughs> you just got to tackle one thing at a time. I think. So before I ask you a little bit about the piece from the book that we're going to listen to, tell us where we can find out more about your work, your events, anything you would like our listeners to know? Well, like I said, I would just love for you to um, at least, you know, give the audiobook a chance, especially if you're going on a road trip or something, because mm -hmm. we, we really went all out and really made it, made sure we made it like hitting on all cylinders. So that's the real big thing I'm promoting. And again, if you want to listen to the EP, you can, Mr. Taffel's Pants of Insanity is online um, on Spotify and YouTube and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Fantastic. So we'll have all of those links down here in the show notes. Daniel, tell us about the piece that we are going to listen to in the fiction portion of the episode. Give us a little preview or lead in or whatever you would like to say. Well, I didn't even think about now you're putting me on the spot, which I love. Let's do it. <laughs> We love doing that. <laughs> I love I doing that because I find that I, equally entertaining. <laughs> look, my, I think my favorite chapter in the book is called The Dinner Party. And it's, mm. with, it's when they're in this secret world and it has to do with this uh, 26-mile-long dinner party. And if you ask why anything of this is possible, it's all because of alien technology. So don't question it, okay? Now, mm. <laughs> it, goes, it just goes on forever. So it's like a nonstop extravaganza of just eating and disgusting dinner parties hmm. over the top stuff you can't even imagine and they have to get through this dinner party in order to get out of this world so they're like they have to navigate through this with the pants of insanity which huh. attracts all the freaks so interesting yeah. 26 mile long dinner party i mean that sounds like uh you know, strip of the California coast, maybe like, I don't know, Malibu, and you'd have to wear the pants to get out of it. Well, we're all underground here. It's in a tunnel. <laughs> oh, we're all it's, underground. It's okay. an underground secret world. I mean, really, it, in, in reality, it's like they can figure out how to make it. They can figure out how to make it shorter than 26 miles, even though it is 26 miles, if you know what I'm saying. I am all there. <laughs> I want to be part of this dinner party. I mean, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. I just think it really like uh, showcases the psychedelic. And it's, I think it's really funny as well. The, there's just a lot of characters with a lot of different voices. And you got to realize that this idea has been, you know, 20 years, like maybe, I don't know, you know, since I started the original. So eventually 
everything, you know, hopefully the cream rose to the top after all this work. And it's funny. Fantastic. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us on the True Fiction Project today. Oh, thank you. It was great being on here. And I feel really blessed and honored and grateful. So thank you again. That is Daniel Eric Finkel. He is a writer, a screenwriter, a book writer, and the author of Mr. Tapple's Pensive Insanity. I am your host, Renita Hura. And now to the premise of the True Fiction Project, which of course is to create fiction out of nonfiction. I'm heading to Portugal. I'm heading this soon. I got to learn the language. So I'm thinking about going for Rosetta Stone's language learning program. Why you ask? Because they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and something like 25 languages offered. And they don't believe in English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. In my case, that's Portuguese. So if you're thinking of learning a language, don't put it off. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a very limited time, True Fiction Project listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Today, guys. The dinner party was an endless sea of sheer extravagant overindulgence. 26.2188 miles of it, to be exact. The specific length had been decided so that they could use the tagline, It's literally a marathon of gluttony. Men in formal suits and women in ball gowns wandered about like busy ants, eating mounds of hors d'oeuvres and drinking from wine glasses the size of fish bowls. However, if one looked at the guests closely, one could see that they were actually ragged-looking, as though they hadn't showered in weeks, because they hadn't left in weeks the stench of perfume, cologne, and horrible B.O. combined had the same effects as the MSG flavor enhancer in Chinese food. If one were allergic to the smell, it could cause nausea, vomiting, cramps, diarrhea, gas, heartburn, and headaches. Remember, look straight ahead with a relaxed smile, the rat said with a smile that made him look as if he were going to throw up at any moment. They had walked only 20 feet into the party when Mr. Taffel dared to peek out at some of this vulgar display of excess. He couldn't help but stare at the Statue of Liberty-sized head of opera legend Luciano Pavarotti in the distance, being overtaken by a team of filthy coal miners prying out chunks of lasagna from his beard with pickaxes. Then Mr. Taffel, for the briefest of moments, caught the eye of a Salvador Dali wannabe sporting a ten-foot version of his famous handlebar mustache. Ironically, the Salvador Dali wannabe claimed he was the real simulacrum of Salvador Dali when, in actuality, he was Robert Wexler from East Rockaway, New York. 
you for admiring my amazing mustache, announced Salvador Dali proudly as he trailed behind them with a psychotic grin on his face. Lorette quickly jumped between them as if he was ready for this to happen. So sorry, but we are late for the Spielman Tartar with Yasha and Sasha. That sounds delightfully grand. I think I'll tag along. Celebrated Salvador Dali. He managed to dodge around Lorette and get back to Mr. Taffel. Your pants are like a forgotten poem found at the bottom of a well. Thank you, replied Mr. Taffel. Lorette's expression advertised loud and clear that Mr. Taffel's life was now in danger. The science officer would never allow your mustache. Lorette shrieked desperately. You'd have to shave it off in order to attend. Never! Shouted back an offended Salvador Dali as he tried to spit a loogie down to Lorette's feet. Though it mostly got caught on the right tip of his mustache, he stormed off. Lorette closed his eyes and took the kind of deep, calming breath a person takes when they know they have just avoided death. Steer ahead at all times and don't taffle again, scolded Lorette, not realizing he had just used taffle as a verb. They had embarked on quite the trek, while the sped-up ballroom dancing music played from secret speakers planted throughout the dinner party did help keep them moving. Soon, they were both exhausted and drenched in sweat. Mr. Taffel grabbed Monique's glitter unitard and patted down his face, which made him look like he may be acting inappropriately with the mannequin. What in the world are you doing to that mannequin? shouted a gigantic woman off to his right. Mr. Taffel accidentally glanced in her direction. There were 20 other enormous guests at her table, each looking as if they had swallowed 20 other guests from the empty table next to them, which they had actually done three days earlier. The guests, including the men, each had caked on more layers of makeup than a professional circus clown. They had all applied fake birthmarks to their cheeks, which looked like puddles of chocolate or poop needing to be wiped off. They all wore colonial wigs spray-painted with pastel colors to match their colonial gowns. But only one of these guests, in addition to being draped in hip-hop bling, wore her tricorn hat sideways. This was the one and only Duchess of very, 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 very funky town, and this was her table. The Duchess pulled out a switchblade that shot out a golden spork with sharp, curved tines. The spork hooked onto Mr. Taffel's shirt and yanked him over until he was face to face with her massive face. It had been so quick that Lorette hadn't even seen it happen. Do you have a license for that mannequin? She inquired. Um, why would I need a license for a mannequin? Well, you don't. But since I'm the Duchess of very, 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 very funky town, I think you should definitely have to have one, she declared as she jerked Monique out of his arms and into her lap. What is the name of this man who dare 
master bring an unlicensed mannequin to the dinner party? Mister is all he said before he was cut off. Mister, it's you. It's really you, she said excitedly. I'm sorry. No, it's not me. Of course it's you, mister, she continued. We met for snail snappers and fizzy fizzies with the Winthorps last August. She pulled him into the empty chair to her right. You had a falcon and gave me a lesson in falconry, and then we ate the falcon, and then you made a clever comment about how you then felt light as a feather. I'm so sorry to interrupt my daughters, but this man is on medication. He can't eat or drink for 24 hours. Lorette shouted as he zigzagged around a colony of people in budding costumes bouncing by on pogo sticks. The entire table erupted with laughter, as if that was the funniest joke ever told. You are just hilarious. This French jester can join us too, celebrated the Duchess as she switchblade sporked Lerat by his earlobe and yanked him brutally into an empty chair on the opposite side of her. Now let's make a toast to Mr. But... In accordance with the new unlicensed mannequin policy, Mr. must decide what we drink. She handed Mr. Tapple a thick book titled The Wine List. So, should we have red or should we have white? She questioned with a playful shuffle of her eyebrows. This action caused a clump of dried makeup to fall onto the table like powdery snow. We made an oath. We would attain the march of the magicians. We must not be toddy, pleaded Lorette. Once again, the entire table exploded with laughter while the Duchess dragged Lorette down by his ear until his face was smushed into the seat of the chair. You are officially the funniest Frenchman in all of very, 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 very funky town, the Duchess announced as she turned to Mr. Tapple with a sinister smile. Red or white, mister? A long beat of tension and then... Red? cheered the table. Mr. Tapple couldn't help but feel the same adrenaline rush he got whenever he correctly answered a Jeopardy answer slash question he hadn't previously heard. One of the guests pulled out a large spotlight from under the table and flashed a silhouette of a wine glass onto the ceiling. A wine steward, dressed in a parachute tuxedo with a colorful wine bottle designed cummerbund, bungeed down 300 feet from a hidden door in the ceiling. After five residual bounces, he grabbed onto the edge of the table while still hanging upside down. Here at the True Fiction Project, we are always looking for great stories that make for compelling fiction. So, if you have a great story or know somebody who does, 
or if you are a writer who would like to contribute, then please do get in touch with us at renita.com forward slash contact. Thank you for listening to The True Fiction Project with Renita Hora. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter to receive more inspiring stories showing how fiction is born from our everyday experiences. For more information, visit www.truefictionproject.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.